Who do you admire most? One of the things I love the most about the job I get to do, the work I get to do, especially here on Sincerely Speaking, is that I get to connect with so many incredible, amazing things. Along my years as an educator, as a speaker, as a coach, as an entrepreneur, I've had the blessing and the privilege of working closely with some of the most incredibly talented, most successful, most amazing people that I aspire to be like on a daily basis. It's funny because most of them are younger than me, but they all have such wisdom and such insight. And the more I work with them and the more I understand the concepts of success and leadership and communication and what makes the distinction between the people who arrive and the people who stay stuck or who struggle to get to the place where they want to go, the more I understand that there are these traits that I call the traits of self-leadership, right? So the traits that allows us that allow us to lead ourselves out of that space of getting stuck, out of the idea of self-sabotage and out of all these self-doubts and all these obstacles that are self-imposed in the end and allow us to elevate ourselves, our lives and the things that we do to a different level, to a different plane. And the more I interview people, the more I connect with new mentors, the more I get to be in spaces, get to be in the room with the people who are making it happen, the more I understand that there are certain traits that when we cultivate them, when we work deliberately to grow them and to expand them in our lives, the closer we get and the the faster it becomes to reach that next level of success, right? And let's start by understanding that we are all successful at some level, right? None of us fail at everything all the time. We are all successful at some level, but there's always another level. Like even the most successful people I've ever met, and right now I've had the pleasure of even working on a project with Russell Brunson, who is a billionaire. But um, when you get close to those people, you understand that they're always looking for what's next, right? They're never stopping. They never say, oh, I got here, fun, we're done. (laughs) They're always looking for that next level, right? So some of the traits that I've seen in these people are patterns, right? And what I want to share with you today and the reason why I'm so excited as I enter into this conversation is that there are 10 specific traits and one bonus that I've been able to identify that are patterns that I see consistently in these high achieving, ultra successful people that I've had the blessing of talking to and being mentored by and being in the room with. And today I just want to share with you those 10 winning traits that you should be cultivating today in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I am Marcia Amaro, self-leadership coach, communication expert, and life integration strategist. All that just means that I work with creative entrepreneurs, amazing people just like you, who are out there looking to elevate their own lives, to reach the next level, to make a contribution in the world, and to make sure that their lives are fulfilled in every possible way. And I help you bring all the pieces together so that you have the life, the relationships, and the business or career that you have been dreaming of and that you can be proud of. Are you ready for this journey? Join me as we discuss all the elements that go into it in Sincerely Speaking. 
So today it's going to go really, really fast. And obviously, since I'm going to go over 10 trades and one bonus, I don't really have the time to dive deeply into each of them. But as always, as we discuss these things, if you have questions, you can always shoot me an email at marcy at marcyamaro.com. Real easy. Marcy at marcyamaro.com. M-A-R-C-Y for Marcy. Um, and Amaro is A-M-A-R-O. And you can just send me your questions that way. The other thing that you are more than welcome to do and that I invite you to do is go to marciamaro.com and you're going to see at the top a link to schedule a free 30-minute conversation with me. So if you would like to just sit with me and chat about any of these things or about how I can support you in reaching your next level, then go ahead and go to marciamaro.com and schedule that call. But let's dive right into the 10 trades the 10 winning traits to cultivate right now. Are you ready? Let's go. So the first one is responsibility. And if you and these are in no particular order, right? Like this is not the most important. I think they're all important, but this is the first one that I think it's important to discuss, right? Because when we don't understand what responsibility really is, then we don't understand how to leverage and really take on any of the other ones, right? So if I was going to say that there's a base element to the winning traits responsibility would be it right because in the definition that we're going to see the opposite of responsibility is victim mentality right so you're either in responsibility or you're in victim space and another way to look at responsibility is accountability right holding yourself accountable for the things that you do the decisions that you make and the results that you get based on those things so responsibility is a tricky thing because a lot of people equate or use um, responsibility as a synonymous of blame right so if you're responsible for something you're to blame for that thing but that's not the way i see it so in terms of our responsibility what we're doing really is taking ownership of everything that happens in our lives whether we asked for it or not whether we cost it or not, whether we are to blame or not, and again, it's not about blame, but when you take ownership of it, when you make it yours, when you say, okay, this is mine, this is what I have to work with, then you're in a position to do something productive and something positive with it, regardless of whether you cost it or not, regardless of whether you're to blame or not, right? So I hope that makes sense. So think about it in terms of like clothing, if you have passed clothing that is passed down to you, right? Like I'm the third of five kids and my two oldest siblings are male, are boys. And I still got hand-me-downs from the boys. And it was a little embarrassing to know that I was wearing a boy's shirt or a boy's pair of jeans, right? And probably nobody else could tell. But to me, it was like, it's a boy's thing, <laughs> right? But what I didn't understand then was that I could have just as easily sewn in a pink hem around the shirt and make it very feminine. Or I could use a scarf instead of a belt and make the jeans look very, very girly. Or I could have done a million different things to take that hand-me-down that I didn't ask for and turn it into something pretty, something that made me feel good, something that made me um, feel amazing and that would allow me to leverage and utilize that in the best way possible, right? So in that same way, when you take responsibility for the entirety of your life, when you hold yourself accountable for the results that you get and the things that you do with what you have, then it doesn't matter where it came from, what it's like, what it did to you initially, or what it was intended to do. The 
only thing that matters is what you ended up doing with it. Because if you own it, you can change it. If you own it, you can do something about it. If you own it, it's yours for the molding and the mending and the fixing, right? So taking responsibility is taking on that power that says, I don't care what this thing, where this thing came from. I don't care what other people perceive it to be. I don't care if it was meant for harm or for good. What I care about is that I am the one that's holding it. I am the one in control of it, and I am the one who's going to decide how I use this moving forward and what I make of it moving forward, right? So that's the first element is responsibility, and I went a little long, so I'm going to go really quickly on the other ones. The second one is commitment. For a lot of people, commitment, the equal, the um, the synonym, right, is self-discipline, right, is being able to stay the course, overcome the distractions, not let the object, the ob um, objections or um, obstructions is the word that I was looking for, not let the obstructions get in the way. Jump all the hurdles and know that whether you have to go around, go over, go through, go in between, go underneath the obstacle, you're going to get to the other side. You're going to find a way. You're going to figure it out because you are committed to the final result. Right. So commitment is a commitment to the result, not to the strategy or to the the path. Right. So think of it as you're on a road and you're using a GPS and you're going to a destination that you've never been to. Right. So you have to rely on the GPS because you don't know how to get there. The GPS will trace a route and you're trusting that that route is the right one. Now, what your commitment is to is to getting to that destination, not to the route that the GPS traces, right? So then as you're going down the road, you get a message on your GPS that says there's an obstruction ahead and we have found a faster route. Do you want to take it, right? If you're committed to the path, to the strategy, you're going to say, nope, I'm staying on this route even if it takes me longer, which is okay. But if you're committed to the destination more than the way you get there, you're going to accept that alternate route and you're going to get there faster. Make sense? So what you are committing to, what you are saying there's no alternative for is the destination. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But when you know where you're headed, you know where you want to go, that is the only thing you need, right? In order to fully commit and say, you know what, I'm going to exercise discipline. I'm going to rise above, go around whatever I need to do to get through those obstacles and get to the other side because I am committed, committed to overcome the distractions and getting to the end, right? So commitment is the second one. The third one is integrity. And we always talk about integrity, or I hear integrity mentioned a lot when it comes to achievement and leadership and all these things. But what I think we miss is the fact that there are two definitions to integrity. And I think the most overlooked one or the one that we usually don't talk about is the most important one. Because integrity can mean two things. It can mean like honesty, right? Like when you're in integrity, you are being honest, you are being true to your word and to what you say and you're being true to you right and all that is wonderful and amazing and it is a big part because without authenticity what's the point right if you're going to be someone else then just don't bother being anybody but the other definition of integrity is the integrity that means that all the pieces are holding together that all the elements needed to compose something to make something up are in place and they are holding together 
the way they're supposed to, right? Like think of a building. When you look at the foundation of a building, what do they look for? The integrity of that foundation, right? If the foundation is not in integrity, if integrity is lacking, that means it's falling apart. Some of the elements are not in place as they should be. Something is not holding its own. Something is not working the way it's supposed to. So when I look at integrity in the sense of these 10 winning traits, it's not just the honesty piece, which is important, and we will talk more about it in a few minutes. But what is most important, in my opinion, is this idea of all the elements holding together, of this union, this unified field being created in your life, where everything that composes who you are, and here's Kyler, (laughs) everything that composes who you are, it's holding together and working together as one unit. So when I look at integrity, I think about life integration which is a topic for another time. And it's part of my big program, right? My my main signature program, it's called Life Integration Mastery, where we take all the pieces of your life and we bring them together so that they collaborate with each other so that you don't feel pulled in a million different directions, so that you don't feel out of alignment because you are doing things that don't really support who you truly are right? And all the aspects of who you are. We're complex beings. We operate on four quadrants. We have all these elements that make up the essence of who we are. And if at any point we ignore or deviate from any of those things, that's when we start feeling the overwhelm, the overload, the burnout, and the depression that comes from feeling pulled and feeling like you're not being true to who you are. So integrity is really important in that element of holding all the pieces of who you are together. And that's the third one. The fourth one is connection. Now, I don't care (laughs) whether you are an introvert like me or an extrovert like a lot of people I love. I don't care what your personality type is. I don't care what color you are, what animal you identify with. I don't care. (laughs) The truth of the matter is that we were not designed, we were not created to live in isolation. We were not. That is a big part of what came to light through the pandemic. We all came to realize that as much as we might say that we don't want to be around people, when we cannot be around people, it becomes a problem, right? So connection is currency. Connection is key. It is in connection that we develop that 10x factor that so many people look for so elusively, right? It is in connection that we are able to reach levels that we didn't think possible before and that weren't probably possible before. It is in connection that we actually get to be the best version of who we are because in connection, our strengths are highlighted. Our weaknesses are compensated and everything that we want to achieve is done and it is in connection with others that we can reach those dreams that we so desire right when we try to do it on our own yeah we can probably get it done if we're resourceful enough but when we are connected to other people they accelerate that process and they make it so much more meaningful and so much easier to accomplish, right? So that's the fourth one. So, so far we have responsibility, commitment, integrity, connection, and number five is growth, growth. Now, (laughs) there is a very old saying that says when you're not growing or when you're not learning, you're dying. And I believe that to be absolutely true. I mentioned earlier in the introduction that the most successful people I've ever met in my life, those people who achieve amazing, incredible things, those people who are millionaires or multimillionaires that I know, those people who 
achieve levels of success that most of us can only dream of <laughs> up until now, right? Um, those people, they don't set a goal or they don't set uh, a destination. And when they get there, they go, oh, cool, I'm here, I'm done. They go, what's next? And usually as they're working on that one thing that is like all encompassing to them, that is the most important thing to them at the moment, you already see them mauling over and thinking about what the next thing might be, right? So they're never satisfied with one thing. In fact, the most successful people I know have several projects usually going on at once, which is inconceivable for a lot of us, right? Because we are so um, narrow-minded in some things and we get so easily distracted and it feels like overloaded and overwhelming when we have too many things going on. But the truth of the matter is that for these people, they have such amazing bandwidth because of the way that they grow that they're always working on what's next and every step there's new capabilities that they gain every step there's new connections that they make every step there's new things that they work on and they work through new strengths that they develop new skill sets that they really work hard to grow and expand and it is in that growth that the next level is reached that the next level is even conceived so if you want a winning winning life a winning expectation of what's coming next growth and that mindset of growing it's extremely important right now before we go to the next five let's pause for a minute to just reconnect with the fact that all of these things that we're talking about today are pieces of self-leadership which is my jam which is what i work with most people on so if you are interested in learning more about how self-leadership works how it can support you how it can help you achieve your next level of success how it can get you out of feeling stuck and out of feeling trapped in whatever it is that's going on in your life right now just go to marciamaro.com set an appointment to chat we will talk for about 30 minutes i will ask you some questions about what's going on in your life where you want to get to we will work together to identify what's getting in the way and why and we will also trace a path that can help you reach that next level and get out of whatever stage you're in that you might be feeling stuck or trapped in right and if it makes sense then we might talk about how we might continue to work together after the 30 minutes if it doesn't make sense then you part with a lot of great information and we're still friends so go to marciamaro.com and make that appointment and i look forward to meeting you face to face and skylar will probably be there too all right so <laughs> number six is what i call stewardship stewardship in more simpler terms or in more layman's terms i guess stewardship is the same thing as organization or resourcefulness, right? You can look at it as either thing. But what basically stewardship is, is knowing what you have, knowing what you need, keeping what you have organized, using the resources you have available, and figuring out how to find the resources to get what you need to move forward, right? So it's utilizing what I call the four T's to the best of your possible abilities. And the four T's are your four, four greatest resources. And I did a podcast on this um, about a month and a half ago. So if you haven't heard it, go back and look for it. It's actually called the 40s? Oh, no, your greatest personal resources or something along those lines. I'll put the, the link in the uh, show notes. But at any rate, your 40s, your four greatest personal resources are your time, your treasures, which is your money, your talents, which is your skills, abilities, knowledge, anything that you have that is yours, and your teams, right? So when you know how to properly take stock of and inventory of, use, and find 
and and source right those four things time treasure talents and team you will completely elevate your life to the next level and that's what stewardship is all about right now a lot of people steer clear of the term stewardship because it is typically associated with church and religion and all that but forget about it because stewardship first came from mansions and there was a steward who took care of all the resources so that's what we're talking about yes the seventh <laughs> um, winning trait is emotional control right emotional intelligence or emotional balance right so what do i mean by this we tend to see people go into two extremes when it comes to emotions they either want to ignore them or they want to be completely driven by them and a lot of the times this isn't even conscious it's just the way that we are trained the way that we are taught to deal with this incredibly um, elusive thing that is called emotions right but there is an in-between sort of it's not really even an in-between it's a balanced way to look at emotions right emotions can be um signals it can be they can be cues but ultimately it's understanding that emotions in and of themselves are neutral they're not good they're not bad they don't really mean anything until you give them, you assign them a meaning. So what emotional intelligence or emotional balance is all about is understanding how to look at your emotions objectively, right? Or at least as objectively as possible, removing any assumptions about what they might mean or what they might be, looking at the facts around them and then deciding what the best meaning is that you can possibly attach to that emotion that is going to empower you to move forward, right? And this is a skill set and there are tools that you can use. There are um, ways that you can habituate yourself to look at emotions in this way. And it takes time and it takes effort. But the more you work on getting to that space where you can experience an emotion, not keep yourself from experiencing like fully experience it what am i feeling right now what is my body doing what where exactly am i experiencing this sensation right and then stopping to think okay what is going on around me that might have caused this sensation so what are the circumstances the context of this thing that i'm feeling and then determining okay if i want to move forward and my end goal or my end result that i'm looking for is this what is the best meaning that I can attribute to this set of emotions that I'm experiencing that is going to help me move forward, right? And that's the gist of it. But emotional uh, intelligence or emotional balance is the next one. Number eight is a grand vision. Grand vision. Now, people talk a lot about motivation. And I think that there's a big awareness or a big um, realization coming to the industry and to the world at large that motivation is not enough, right? Motivation is awesome, motivation is great. And when you experience that surge of motivation, take advantage of it because it it tends to be rare, right? We're not motivated 100% of the time, not even when we're working on something important. So the distinction for me is that motivation is linked to your grand vision. If you know what your calling is, if you have an understanding of why you're on this planet ultimately, right? As long as you're drawing breath, I believe that there's something that you're meant to do on this planet. And if you can tap into and understand based on 
your values, your core values, your belief systems based on what is non-negotiable for you, based on your dreams, based on your desires, based on a bunch of things that we work through in Life Integration Mastery. But if you can understand what your grand vision or your calling is, and you can attach whatever it is that you're doing to a way of advancing and getting closer to that calling or that grand vision, that is where your ultimate motivation is going to come from. Because you know that there's a reason why you're here. You know that there's something greater that you're meant to do. And once you're tapped into that, once you're plugged into that, then you don't need to worry about day-to-day motivation or traditional motivation, which is that rah-rah, let's go type of feeling, right? You will be moved by the understanding that you have a grand vision to fulfill and you have a calling to live to, right? The next one. Now, I struggle with the name for this one because what it really is, is self-awareness, but self-awareness is a little bigger than the tool that I tend to use to work on self-awareness, which is self-talk, right? So you can look at it in either way. You can name it self-talk or you can name it self-awareness. Ultimately, it's the same thing. And what it is, it is this becoming fully present to what you're thinking, which causes what you're feeling, which causes the way you act, right? And this is something else that we work on in self-integration mastery. And you might have heard it from other people, um, but the main distinction in the work that I do is that I believe that self-awareness and self-talk are so closely related that if you can manage your self-talk, you will shift your self-awareness right they are so closely linked that that's why i have them both in one right so when you start asking yourself empowering questions when you start really paying attention to the things you say to yourself when you talk to yourself in automatic when you catch yourself being less than positive or less than empowering in the words you use for yourself and in the things you tell yourself and you start shifting those things in a way that allows you to move forward then you are becoming more self-aware and you're utilizing your self-talk to get you there right and if you can develop that skill of talking to yourself in a way that allows you to be more conscious of what you are doing and why you're doing it that allows you to shift the energy that you bring into what you're doing and that allows you to move beyond the limitations that you are imposing on yourself then you are moving so much farther than most of the people you are like beyond 95 percent of the population at least number 10 (laughs) and finally we get here it's decisiveness it's your ability to make decisions quickly now i know decisions are scary and we go through a whole decision making process inside life integration mastery but here's what you need to understand the more you delay a decision the more your indecision is driving your results, right? So when you don't make a decision, you've heard this said before, no decision is a decision. So when you stay in that space of not wanting to make a decision or not pushing yourself to the space of making a decision and taking action, then all you're doing is delaying the inevitable because you are living by default. But when you make a decision, you take that default and you change it by design right and i don't mean that to sound like a whatever but when you make a decision you start designing what happens next because then you make that decision you act on it you see what happens and you make another decision 
right? And that series of decisions is what is designing and tracing the path to whatever comes next, whatever level you reach, right? Whereas if you are not making decisions, things are still going to happen around you by default, and you're still going to go through the motions by default. And ultimately, what is going to end up happening is that you're not going to recognize your own life because you're going to be in the space of things that happened to you because you did not make a decision. So decisiveness is a key, key trait. It's a key skill to develop. And again, there's a whole process for decision making that we work with in um, Life Integration Mastery that I work with with my clients and my mastermind people. But right now, suffice it to say that anytime you find yourself in a space of indecision, you're just allowing circumstances and the drift of life to just drag you to a default life that is not the one that you want, right? So if you don't want to be the victim of circumstances, if you don't want to be dragged by the drift, like you're in a current just being drifted away, then stand up, look at your options, and choose one, right? I say this quote all the time, and I'm going to say it again. Andy Andrew says that God did not give us the ability to always make a right decision, but he did give us the ability to make a decision and then make it right. So whatever decision you make, you can work to make that decision the right decision and to do something positive and good with that decision but if you don't make any decision then you're giving that power away and it's all about taking our power back right and i told you i would give you a bonus and i'm already way over what i intended this podcast episode to be but i do want to be true to my word and again if you have questions marcy at marcyamaro.com if you would like to have just a chat one-on-one with me about any of the things that we talked about today then go to marcyamaro.com and click on the button at the top of the page and schedule your chat with me but the bonus is this live to grow and develop your sense of curiosity. Now, when I talk about listening and when I talk about communication, curiosity is one of the pillars of effective communication, right? And again, that's something that we work with in our different courses and our different programs. But specifically when it comes to the self-leadership traits, curiosity is about bringing this playful wonder, as Gay Hendricks says, right? This playful wonder into everything that you do. It's about really looking at things from a perspective of, huh, that's interesting and just digging for anything that's in there that you might not have seen before it kills me when people pay for trainings or go to conferences and they spend time money energy to be there and listen to speakers and then they leave and they're like oh i already knew everything that person said look guys there's nothing new under the sun me or anybody else we're not gonna say anything in 2023 that hasn't been said at least a thousand times before right? You might not have heard it before, but it has been said because there's nothing new under the sun. That's a promise, right? We are not discovering new, we're not creating new things. We're discovering things that have already been there, right? So when you approach something with the mindset of they better give me something new, you're going to be disappointed. But when you approach it with curiosity and playful wonder and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Oh, I like the way that person said it. Oh, I never heard it said just like that before. I wonder what else I can get from it? Or just simply from a space of what else can I learn from this? 
how can I use this? Because here's the thing, guys. I might be saying something that you've heard a million times before, but if you've never implemented it, then it's new. If you've never done anything with it, then it's new to you. Because there's, it's one thing to hear it, it's another one to do it, right? So every time you hear something, ask yourself, how can I bring this in that is going to move me forward? What can I do with this that is going to make it easier, faster, funner, um, more engaging, more um, uplifting, that is going to make it better in some way? How can I take this new perspective on this thing that I maybe have heard a thousand different times but how can i take this person's new perspective on it and spin it and use it and weave it into everything else what can i learn from this how can i use this how can this work for me right and just be curious approach it with that huh interesting mindset and while we're at it have a bias towards action don't just listen go do every time you hear something find a space create a moment to implement and to use what you just learned so thank you for staying with me a little bit longer than usual. Thank you for spending your time with me. I don't take that lightly. I look forward to hearing your comments and suggestions, to hearing from you in my email, to go and schedule that time so that we can chat and share this with anybody in your life that you think might find it interesting. Oh, and by the way, I'm considering changing the title of the podcast from Sincerely Speaking to something else. I would love some suggestions. What you think would be a good title for my podcast? Send me an email at marciatmarciamara.com and give me your suggestions. I would really love to know. At any rate, share this with someone you love and I will see you next time here on Sincerely Speaking. Bye-bye.